Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. the beautiful orange color that sparks that joy when you're with your friends and with your family. That is what the Aperol Spritz moment is all about. For the last 10 years, the team in the U.S. have done a phenomenal job and around the globe of inserting that drink into that very occasion in really relevant moments for our consumer group. In the last year, we've shown up in Coachella, we've shown up in the U.S. Open, we've been a part of multiple music festivals, and for us, it is really making sure we are there, we are part of that really important connection moment with friends, and we do that around the world. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, a quick funny story. I was in the Delta Lounge in Rome recently. Who's you sounds? I was in the room. Sorry, go on. It was a really funny cultural moment. And this gentleman who was probably in his 50s, American, goes up to the bar and he sees that the bartender is making a bunch of Aperol spritzes, but he has no idea what that is. So he asked the bartender, what are you making? I see that you keep making this for everyone. The bartender kind of laughs and like, you don't know what this is. This is an Aperol spritz. He goes, what's an Aperol spritz? All these other people standing by the bar in the Delta Lounge from all around the world start to educate this poor man who's out of the loop on what an Aperol Spritz was. It was this amazing moment where the Aperol Spritz is a global, cultural, iconic drink. Not just that. I'm just curious what rock he was hiding under because it makes it even crazier that it's in Italy, which is the... Exactly. It's like, what have you done this whole trip? Wow, that is that is mind blowing. That's like somebody like walking into a preschool and asking what an Oreo is. <laughs> That's like really bananas. I think it's kind of interesting when you think about certain things that are such a critical part of culture that you do kind of wonder how did you just land on planet Earth today? And what does it take for a brand to really achieve that iconic status? What do you think goes into or becomes the marker of an iconic? Well, I, I think one is creating a product that is superior to anything else that's in market. The second is being ruthless about investing in brand, never wavering from that, no matter what the economic times are. And the third is continuing to figure out how to adapt with the times while still being true to who you are as a brand. It's interesting. I'm thinking about so many different iconic brands as you're saying that. I'm like, well, do do you need to have all three? I don't think you need to have all three, but if you're going to have some of the three, you got to go real deep. Like, Hmm. I'm a terrible example, but timely. 
Elon Musk was referring to how he has never spent any money on advertising for Tesla. He's got a really good product. He's got a really good product. And he's in he is in the cultural zeitgeist of climate change. He's in the cultural zeitgeist for other things too, but that's not the point of this podcast. But I think when you think about the other things like evolving for the times, I think Oreo plays that role of finding its way to work itself into culture regardless and invest in brand equity in a way that you just know it when you see it and you would never settle for anything else. And so I think that there are certain things that just kind of stand that combination of test of time without getting dated. And now Aperol seems to be in that cultural zeitgeist and it'll be interesting to see how they continue to stay because now they're on that trend of the lower alcohol. That might not have been the original intent, but that's kind of where they are now, which is a different trend as we saw from, you know, even the the chats we've recently had with Athletic Brewing. Yeah, I mean, Aperol Spritz has all of the right elements to be the number one drink in the world right now. And you're about to hear from Andrea, who is their head of marketing in the U.S. on everything that is happening in the cultural ecosystem to really align the stars for this great brand. But the question is, is as you know, immigration patterns change and taste profiles change, will the brand and the drink be able to stand the test of time? Well, let's hear Andrea's take and bring her on to the show. Today, we are so excited to have Andrea Sangrara, Head of Marketing in the U.S. at Campari Group. Hey, Andrea. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Sarah. Great to be here with you today. Well, now that the summer season is behind us, hopefully you have a break, though I know people drink Campari all year round. <laughs> no breaks. No breaks, but that's how we like it, Rachel. Well, you're accustomed to this. You've been working in the spirits industry for over 20 years, which is pretty remarkable. When you look back at the last 20 years of working in the industry, what do you feel still has remained the same and what's changed? What a great question that I don't get asked very often. Listen, spirits occasions are largely centered around celebratory occasions. So that really makes this industry so much fun and so rewarding year round. That has not changed at all, which is lovely. When you look at the makeup of the overall landscape, I think it's it's largely the same, right? You have spirits, wine and beer. but with changes and evolutions within that. So what's been interesting to be a part of over the last 20 years is living the cyclical nature of trends and the changes within which categories become all the rage and are hot and sort of some that then take a back seat. So, you know, when I started, vodka was all the rage and it's been really fascinating to see the education take place around darker spirits, specifically like tequila and Mexican spirits. Bourbon is having another heyday in its lifetime, right? It, it was all the rage well before vodka, and, and it really has come back in an interesting way. And now we're seeing the opening up of new categories. So aperitivo, which is clearly really relevant for us, that lower alcohol Occasion, the spritz, which has become very big, building off of, of Aperol, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. I hear it's going to be a big thing. I mean, I like to think it already is, Sarah, and only getting bigger and bigger, which is really exciting for us. I say in jest, you can't go anywhere without it. <laughs> I love to hear it. I love to hear it. When we start to think about what's different, there is so much more choice than there ever has been within these categories, with emerging new categories. So an influx of 
competitors and competition has been really, really interesting to see everybody wanting to kind of get into the industry. I think the perception of spirits has also evolved quite significantly. You're seeing consumers now really comfortable experimenting with spirits. I mean, last year, for the first time, spirits overtook beer in terms of size and beverage alcohol in the U.S. So that's also really, really exciting to be a part of and seeing how they're experimenting with different flavors and and different products. And I think how we engage with consumers has also changed dramatically. I think you and Sarah are living proof of that, the importance of technology, how much more dynamic the industry has gotten in terms of how we connect and engage with consumers. So it's, it's been quite the ride. A lot of changes. I want to just pull on um, what you said about competition. Yes. With so much competition entering into the space, mm. do you feel it's because the barrier to entry to produce an alcohol brand has lowered? Like when we look at other categories like fashion, right? You can source things on Alibaba, launch a Shopify site, start buying Facebook ads and boom, you're in business. But alcohol seems a little bit more labor intensive and there's so much more regulation. So what do you think changed to enable all of this competition to enter the space? Mm. I think a few things. I think you're right. There's a heavy fixed cost to get into this industry. You have to be able to distill spirits. You have to have access to raw ingredients and in some categories, which are heavily agricultural. Mm -hmm. I think what's happened overall is there's a lot of entrepreneurs in general that are interested in making their own market in new and unique ways. And I think they have found interesting ways to connect with those that have access to being able to distill spirits. There's different barriers of entry across the different category points. So some are less labor intensive to enter than others. And I think you see a lot more competition in those. I also think you've seen over the last 20 years, you know, the celebrity model take root. So there's been a desire to figure out and potentially invest in some of those heavy fixed costs when people believe they found a great celebrity or influencer that can really drive significant demand quickly that makes that investment worthwhile. So I think those are a few of the reasons. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's go back to uh, the discussion around Aperol and the and the movement on the spritz. In many social circles, that has become the drink of choice. So, and Aperol being so critical to that, it's like a substitute is offensive. So, what do you think is the secret sauce of what made that experience such meteoric rise? Well, I think we stay really true to the heart of Aperol. It was created over 100 years ago in Italy, in Veneto, in specifically Padua. And if anyone ever has visited that region or the country in general, the drink is authentically chosen by those who have been drinking aperitivos their entire lives. It is an iconic drink. I think when you look at it and the perfect serve that it has and that was created for it in the Aperol Spritz balloon glass, which looks similar to a wine glass for those that might not have seen it. 
the beautiful orange color that sparks that joy when you're with your friends and with your family. I mean, that is what the Aperol Spritz moment is all about. And I think for the last 10 years, the team in the U.S. have done a phenomenal job and around the globe of inserting that drink into that very occasion in really relevant moments for our consumer group. In the last year, we've shown up in Coachella, we've shown up in the U.S. Open, we've been a part of multiple music festivals. And for us, it is really making sure we are there. We are part of that really important connection moment with friends. And we do that around the world. So, you know, I did mention specific examples here in the U.S. that I'm really close to, but globally, you will see the brand showing up in those moments. We have great ambassadors across the world, obviously, specifically here in the U.S., that do a great job of making sure the brand is served and available. And that orange wave of joy comes to life at patios across the country during warm weather moments, which is the core of the brand. But now we're seeing people choose it outside of that moment because it is more than just that one refreshing moment during summer when you're with your friends. It's chosen quite regularly après ski in a lot of parts in the world, and we're starting to do more of that here in the U.S. But that aperitivo moment, that moment you're looking for a break from the world and from everything, we typically call it happy hour here, but it's it's really ingrained in, in European culture in a beautiful way that I think people are looking for more of those moments in their lives. It's a drink that is highly appealing across multiple people, so it is one that you can actually enjoy with your friends. And it is lower alcohol as well. So Aperol is only 12% ABV. So it's it's something that plays into the better for you trend that consumers are looking for today. It's just a complete bullseye right now sitting in culture, all the different attributes of Aperol. And I can imagine if we looked at like tourism data of Americans traveling to Europe and then sales of Aperol in the US, the up and to the right, it's probably similar. Yes. The parent company is called Campari Group. You sell more than Campari and Aperol. You have rum in the portfolio, tequila, vodka. Yes. How do you get consumers to drink across the portfolio? Well, consumers are already drinking across the portfolio, right? It's about what is the right drink and then the products for those drinks at the right occasion. Mm. And so Aperol and Campari are having a really beautiful moment right now with the emergence and growth of, you know, a new moment in American culture that we're calling aperitivo. Our focus is on driving the awareness of the really high quality products we have. You mentioned rum. We have Appleton Estate. We have Ray and Nephew, the top spirits in Jamaica, which we're really proud of. And just driving awareness of these offerings and then discovery of them in exciting and unique ways. So whether that might be enjoying wild turkey at Jazz Fest or at some other uh, bourbon and beyond experience, or it's getting to visit our wilderness trail distillery in Kentucky, where you have a really in-depth understanding of what makes that product really special. Or it could be a Caribbean fusion dinner you get invited to by a local influencer and you really get to experience Appleton Estate and learn about it in new and exciting ways. So I think the portfolio strategy is a really big part of of Campari America setting itself up for success today and into the future in the U.S. And we're lucky that we have some really beautiful, high quality brands that, again, we're just focused on consumers being able to discover them at the right moment so they can choose them for the occasions that are that are right for them. Mm. I imagine the retail partners are probably a key strategy to bring that to life. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I imagine Campari and Aperol actually are driving an enormous amount of lifetime value for the retail partners because that brings someone into the store and then they buy a lot of other things. So what do those conversations look like with the retailers to encourage them to ensure that they choose Campari group products? 
Uh, we have an extremely talented sales group and distributor partners who are leading those conversations. It's about playing into the portfolio, which is what you're alluding to, right? And mm -hmm. it's really interesting because it's different parts of the portfolio and different outlets with different retail partners and on-premise partners or e-commerce partners at different times of the year that we lead with. So when it's say the start of summer or you know Cinco de Mayo, we're, we're talking a lot about our tequila portfolio with Espolón, with Monte Lobos as um, our mezcal to make a nice potentially uh, a spicy margarita with Ancho Reyes, our, our chili liqueur. So we try to talk about solutions across our portfolio and leading with the opportunities that are biggest and most relevant for shoppers of our and customers of our retail and on-premise partners. But at the same time, then obviously leveraging the rest of the portfolio at that moment with what's relevant and, and hot. So Negroni's the number one drink in the world. All the variations we have on the Negroni and the Negroni tree, we bring in the different parts of our portfolio that allow for that. So uh, the Kingston Negroni is one made with Appleton Estate Rum. You have the Rosita Negroni with Espolón Tequila. You have what rose to fame this time last year, the Spagliato Negroni made with Prosecco in it, which some actors drove some nice viral excitement with. So we really do try to leverage the portfolio through our sales teams and our distributor teams working really closely with our e-commerce partners, the bars and restaurants around the, the country, as well as, as with our retail partners and find the right bespoke solutions that are win-win for us and for them at the right time of year. You speak a lot about the importance of the portfolio and, and how it rolls off your tongue is incredibly impressive. I recognize that's your job, but still, I'm just getting thirsty listening to you. <laughs> As I listen to so much of what you talk about from a portfolio perspective, you know, one of the things you mentioned about Aperol, particularly about the aperitivo concept, the, the whole idea of it being a lower alcohol concept. As Gen Z creeps towards this age of 30, where they're becoming a bigger percentage of our drinking population. And as some of the trends are going towards lower alcohol or no alcohol, how do you think about serving up the right cocktail, if you will? And that could be more of a metaphorical recipe, if you will, <laughs> to keep these changing interests of our future consumers. Yeah, the legal drinking age new consumer is very different. They do have evolving repertoires. I think I alluded to the better for you trend earlier. And I think that's a, a really big part behind the growth of, you know, the lower ABV choices that that find themselves at the center of the aperitivo occasion, which for us are Aperol and, and Campari are the hero ones, though we have a, a multitude of others there. The other things as I look about setting ourselves up for the future with our consumers, they're very much about experiences and quality of experiences. They're choosing high quality products less often or in different moments, but they want to ensure that the quality of the experiences that they have, the drink that they're having, the moment they're having it with their friends or colleagues or family is really high quality. And I think one of the things we're doing at Campari Group is curating these experiences that are meaningful. And I think Aperol is another good example of that, right? So really finding those moments with consumers, and we're doing that across the portfolio. I, I think Wild Turkey is another really good one, like finding those right moments in culture where consumers want to have a great time, they're spending it with friends and, and family, and they want to have a great tasting drink experience at the same time. So the Wild Turkey Bold Fashion, we call it, um, is one that you'll see us showing up with at multiple different types of music festivals across the country through the fall, as well as through the summer. It's really about making sure our, our product offerings are right and the experiences that consumers are discovering us in and trying us in 
bring to life something that they want to recreate. And that's what we're finding that they're doing with our products. The other thing with them is while they are interested in better for you, these high quality experiences, they're also looking for more character and more flavor. So that's where you're seeing us starting to lean into, you know, the mezcal, which is a lot of flavor. And you're seeing these categories with a lot of flavor and character on the rise again. So I alluded to bourbon earlier as well. We're looking at discovering within that category and and we're making sure we're offering different products that facilitate that journey for consumers. So while Turkey has rare breed, rare breed rye, rare breed bourbon, every year we launch a master's keep product within the wild turkey range which is always a really unique, exciting expression that the master distillers experiment with different categories. This past year, it was called Voyage, where we had our master distiller of Appleton Estate, Joyce Spence, work with our distilling team of the Russells at Wild Turkey and create something really unique. We're always thinking about what can we offer those consumers to be able to fulfill their expectations for experiences, for high quality at a reasonable price. It's wild. Like you talked about in the beginning of the episode, there's more choice in terms of brand than ever before. But even within a portfolio, there's more choice in terms of flavor and skew. It's it's pretty amazing to see the change in the ecosystem. Mm. So we end every episode with our famous last question. Mm. What's the bravest thing you've ever done? I think the bravest thing I've ever done, one was becoming a parent. <laughs> so still still living that. And the second professionally was, I think when I proactively made the choice to transition from a really enjoyable and successful career at, you know, one of the largest drinks companies in the world to swinging the pendulum completely the other way and going to work with a celebrity entrepreneur and really shaping culture. I think a lot of people were really shocked that I made that choice, but I always tell people a diverse set of experiences really shapes your perspective in ways that are hard to imagine and quite frankly, really unfathomable until you go through that experience. And I'm always encouraging people to, you know, to try things that might be outside their comfort zone and it'll enhance their perspective and how they approach and see the world in really special ways that will only add to what they're able to contribute to organizations and society afterwards. So I think that was, that was definitely the bravest thing professionally that that I've ever done. And and also very rewarding. Well, we should have included a tell-all celebrity question, but we didn't. Maybe that'll be a, a, the next episode. But Andrea, thank you so much for your insights. Obviously, everyone is watching everything that Campari Group is putting out. It's, it's a pretty remarkable time for the portfolio. Everyone go shop the portfolio this season. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity to connect, for the really thoughtful questions. And uh, and just a big shout out to the teams that are working really hard around the world and, and in the U.S. At, at bringing the portfolio to life. Big thanks to them. And please enjoy the portfolio. Well, I think we all just learned why the Aperol Spritz is the iconic global drink. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to think more deeply about other global icons, You can go check out a recent episode with the CEO of Campbell's Soup, Mark Klaus. Goldfish is absolutely iconic in a similar way. If you want to continue to nerd out on what's going on in the spirits industry, if you want to take on what's creating competition in the ecosystem, go check out Mark Anthony Group. You can hear from their chief digital officer, or you can go give a listen to a non-ALK player creating some disruption. Andrew Catch with Athletic Brewing. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, write us a review, give us a like. Thank you for listening.
Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.